welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us, and monthly co-host, Kat Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. If you are interested in contributing to the show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, monthly co-host, Kat Baldwin. Thanks for coming on today. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you? I have a cold in a toothache. How are you? <laughs> I know what my issues are, but I want to find out what yours are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, let's figure out my issues. I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> no, listen, everybody, before we came on, Gary and I were talking about, he was telling me about how he was feeling, and I'm what you call a metaphysician. So basically, when people come to me, and I don't care what it is, um, with the physical manifestation of something, there is 99% of the time something emotional behind that that needs to be looked at and released, okay? So we looked up, um, we, <laughs> before we got on the air, we looked up root canal, right? But here, let me tell you what cold holds me. Because you said you, you thought you had a cold, right? Yeah. You feel like you have a cold. But what when you say a cold, do you, are, are you plugged up? Is your nose plugged? It's like a sinus infection. Oh, that's different. Okay. A it's sinus like, infection means you're annoyed with somebody close to you. Oh. <laughs> I can't think oh. of who that would be. Because there's nobody. <laughs> I really don't have anybody that close to me. I'm not annoyed with anybody. Really? Unless this person could be myself. That's 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 what I was just thinking. Maybe it is you. Maybe you're annoyed with yourself. Let me look up sinus here. Sinus. Irritation to one person, someone close. <laughs> well, nobody's closer to me than me. <laughs> Except maybe your dog. Yeah. <laughs> he does irritate me, but I love him anyway. Now, myself, on the other hand, it's a bit more complicated. Yes, you are a complicated person. That's for sure. Well, even more complicated is my relationship with myself. Absolutely. We all have a complicated relationship with ourselves. However, I try to convince myself that I'm not really myself, that I'm just energy. So, therefore, there is no self for me to have this complicated relationship with. <laughs> right? Well, we, we wish that was true, right? It kind of is true from a metaphysical point of view. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true as far as you being all energy, but unfortunately, that energy took a physical form, ended up on the density of this planet, and has experienced all kinds of things, including programming and social agreement that has created the person that you are today. And, you know, that's why people get triggered. That's why I look at stuff metaphysically with people, because... 
until you get to a place vibrationally high enough where you navigate those things much differently, they don't affect you the way they did at a lower vibrational frequency, you're still going to have that stuff. Okay? <laughs> the planet, I think you and I have talked about this, is at a fifth dimensional frequency. Those of us that are on a spiritual path are just about there. Um, but there's many, many people still stuck in that third dimensional energy. And they're still having all the symptoms of what it is to be spirit in a physical body, even though it's energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So getting to know yourself when your body responds physically the way that it's responding, it's just, it's just your spiritual being saying, Hey, Gary, we need to look at these symptoms. What is it that's going on here? As you, as you grow and as you transform and as you're finding out who you really are, you get triggered because those are things that need to be released, okay? From this lifetime, past lives, multidimensional selves. It's unavoidable in your transformation process, okay? Yeah. It's unavoidable. That's, that's why I'm trying to convince myself that I'm not real. <laughs> I, I'm just, I know, I I'm just other people are perceiving me. Well, that's what, true, too. But what they're perceiving is an illusion because it's not really me. That's true, too. So. Because it's all an illusion anyway, right? Yeah. You get that. So, so you know, I mean, I mean, all, knowing that, my vibrational level should be, like, super high. <laughs> but it's not. It uh, depends on all the other aspects of your life, though, like how you eat your thought forms, how you talk to yourself. Um, do you use essential oils? Do you use medication? So many things tank your frequency. Hmm. So, well, I'm not eating much anymore because it is toothache, except mashed potatoes and oatmeal. Ah, medication, just the usual yeah. stuff, you know. Are you normally a meat eater? Are you a meat eater? I do eat meat, yeah. Yeah. That's a big frequency tanker. I, I, I've tried being a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for a while. And then I started, then I went and followed Leviticus for a little while. And then I just went back to eating meat. Well, it's not easy being vegetarian. You really have to look for other sources of protein and, and all kinds of things. But when you're eating animal protein, they're sentient beings with souls. And I don't care what anybody tells me. Oh, um, and you know, you're picking up the frequency of what, whatever way that animal was slaughtered, we pick up the frequency of that animal at, at, at that moment. Right. But it's the same with plants, too. I mean, plants have their own they have their energy. life and energy, and, mm -hmm. and they're just getting ripped out of the ground by some giant tractor being driven by a redneck. That's true, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> So maybe we all need to turn into liquidarians and then into breatharians, which is what I'm working on eventually, that all we do is live off the prana and the chi of the universe. We don't eat. That's what I all. want, too. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I've come to this conclusion. I recently did like my 400th episode. Yes, congratulations. And, thank you. And, awesome. um, you, know, you know, people ask me, like, you know, like, what it is I want to achieve you know, with the podcast or what I, you know. And what I want to try to do is 
be able to exit my body and spend eternity in a state of ecstasy and bliss, like a complete orgasm forever. Yeah. That's what we all want. Yeah. Everything that we do here is, is in essence, a journey back home. Everything. The learning process, and it's a journey to go back home where that ecstasy and that bliss, where you, like you say, you know, like Chris Cornell says, roll out of your skin, right? Mm-hmm. And go back home, right? Yeah. So, ultimately, I think we all want that. What What I would like to see is that to be available here on this planet us creating that state of bliss here. Yeah, and I think absolutely. it's possible, too. Hmm. It's possible. we got a lot of work to do, no doubt. But it's possible. Yeah. And I think that the new golden age and the creation of the new Earth of this planet is where we are heading. But there's going to be a lot of work that goes with that. And hopefully we'll be able to do that. But yeah. wait a minute, though. Gary, listen to me. Why don't you think that you can live in a state of bliss while you're still in a physical body? Because I have a cold and a toothache. <laughs> I mean, take that away, okay? If, that, if you didn't have that right now. So physical pain causes us to be cranky and we really aren't in a very happy place. The body's a distraction. The body's just the vessel for your spirit. And when it's something occurs physically, it's for you to learn from it. Your body's trying to get your attention to look at something. That's why the body hurts. That's all. Hmm. You know, unless somebody crashes into you at 55 miles an hour and you had nothing to do with it, like my, my instance five years ago or however many years ago that was. That's a whole different story. But, you know, we have an opportunity, and I think people need to understand this, that you get to create your consciousness in each and every present moment, every day, how you feel about things. And you can choose to be happy. And I know it's more difficult to be happy when you don't feel good. Believe me, I get it. Totally, completely get it. I guess it's hard for me to feel happy. But I can still feel grateful. Grateful that I can feel bad. Yeah. I mean, there's always that. Yes. Exactly. Hmm. It's interesting. I knew Chris Cornell. Really? I yep. adored that. Yeah, I met him way before Soundgarden got big. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, very special. Very, very special. I think a very elevated being and um, went through a very, very difficult time being in a physical body here. Um, again, because I think just like a lot of the people I work with and myself, we're ultra sensitive to energy. We're ultra sensitive to the amount of darkness and hatred that's here. And, um, it's hard. It's hard for us to navigate it sometimes. And I really feel like he, I felt, I felt like he was at the point where he was so evolved and so advanced and I don't know how you feel about it but I I don't think that he killed himself I don't feel that's what happened mm -hmm. um, intuitively I remember coming home from my office and my son is a huge huge Soundgarden fan huge Chris Cornell fan and I remember I walked in the door and he goes 
he said, Mom, Chris is dead. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? I feel like he had gotten to a point where, like, when you, you would see him, he just he just radiated such light and love. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And then Chester, mm-hmm. after, come on. I don't know about that. Mm. Don't know about that. I don't know what happened either. Like, he didn't really hit me as the type of person that would do that. Um, no. I mean, for me, like I said, I, I met him when they were like really, really small. They were opening for, I think I met him when they were opening for Mud Honey. And, wow. And um, and the next, and I took them to Denny's to eat after the show. And then the next night or two later, they were playing in Pennsylvania, and he, we're looking for people to come see them in Pennsylvania. So we went and saw them, and they put us on the guest list. And then after that, we were like on the guest list forever for Soundgarden. Wow, that is so cool. So did you get to see him with Soundgarden and with Audio Slave? Oh uh, yeah, I saw that? Soundgarden a ton of times. I'll say. 15, 20 times. Wow. And um, never saw Audio Slave. Um, I did see Prophets of Rage after he had passed away. And they did like a little tribute to him. Uh, yeah, I saw him solo. I saw him a bunch of awesome. times. Yeah. Awesome. What a talent, you know? So yeah. talented. So talented. Really, not the stuff we got today. I'm no. talking about them. No, well, the best show I no. ever saw was Soundgarden, Faith No More, and Voivod. The, that that show was just amazing. And, and Chris Cornell was like off the hook that night. He was hanging off the ceiling, and the bouncers were chasing <laughs> him around. And it was just so much energy. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful energy that man. I miss him very much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know him personally. It didn't strike me that he was in that frame of mind at that particular time when that happened. Same with Chester. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. But then, you know, you, you don't know people and you don't know the level of pain that they're in because, of course, they hide that. And he's a performer. So, you know, I don't even know that his own his own band members. I mean, they were traveling at the time, right? They're on the road. Yeah. Um, why they wouldn't have picked up on that if he was in trouble. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting thing. And, and I think because it was Chris and, and because it was Chester, I don't think just like most rock stars, I don't think that their deaths are investigated the way they should be. I think that they, they just disregard that they all have a drug problem and uh, alcohol problem. And, you know, we never really find out the truth about a lot of these things. So. Maybe. Or maybe some artists are just too sensitive to be in this world. Absolutely. Yep. It just comes overloads. You know, it's like the whole 27 Club. You know, they're all amazing. Yes. Ultra sensitive. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why they were yes. able to produce the art that they did. So that's that's a good strong possibility. I mean, look at look at um, Janis Joplin. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there hasn't been a talent like her since she died, and 
ultra sensitive though, but the, the booze bottle always in her hand, right? Yeah. Jim Morrison, same thing, mm-hmm. you know, because they were ultra sensitives. And I think that a lot of those guys are empathic, that they would pick up everybody's energy and everybody's frequency and how people were feeling and the mass consciousness. And I think the way that they dealt with that was with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. That's what I think. Kurt Cobain. Yep. And, and I think like, like far as he goes, like he really kind of captured, especially in, like in, in utero, that album, he really captured like just the pain of being alive. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I believe he did that either. Yeah, you know, sometimes I wonder if uh, his uh, wife was behind that. Uh-huh. I know that. <laughs> wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, so we all have pain, right? Even people that are ultra, ultra famous mm-hmm. all have pain. Yeah, you can have everything in the world and still want out of here. Absolutely. Because this isn't our natural state. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is not our natural energetic state. And when we came here, there was so much dent, there's so much density on this planet that when we took physical form, we forgot everything. We forgot who we were. We forgot we were a spirit in a physical body. We forgot our, our I am presence. We forgot, we forgot all of it, but we did it on purpose because we came here to relearn those things and to have the experience of being human. Right. That's why. So whether the experience is good or bad, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're having it. <laughs> that was temporary. It's temporary. That's correct. You know, and I've had a really rough life. And I know, you know, for me, well, the last 10 years have been okay. But, um, for me, what I'm very clear about is spirit, because of the work that I do with other people, they never ask me to do something that I have not done myself first. So if I have to have an experience around something to teach my community, my spiritual community something to move them forward, it gives me the authority that I need to do that because I've had the experience. And then I can come from a different level of compassion and understanding depending on how they experience what happens. Mm-hmm. So imagine that's my part of my mission here plus, you know, Thank God I finally got told I didn't have to clear the mass consciousness anymore. Um, it's my language. <laughs> but, um, you know, imagine having that responsibility here, that it's a level of integrity that's being asked of me to have experiences so that I can help other people that are in those situations right. to find their way out the other end. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, when I was reading your book, and um, it was definitely it was really really helpful. Thanks. It was really helpful. Um, <laughs> you know, like what I really get from your book that I don't always get from from other books on a topic of forgiveness is the sort of stepping out of myself and looking at myself from the point of view of a higher self or a guardian yep. angel or um, or whatever, spirit guide, if I look at myself through that lens and I look at this whole situation and how I'm relating to other people and how they're relating to me and what I'm learning from these various situations, yep. 
becomes completely different. Absolutely. All of a sudden, I can see like, <laughs> all right, well, this person did this to me, but look at how much I got out of that. And Remember what I say? What I say in the book? What did the person do for you? Yeah, yeah. Not to you, for you. Yeah, and that's amazing. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's such a shift on perspective that normally we don't look at. We, we get so stuck in being a victim, blaming Absolutely. other people. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> or even wrapped up in just trying to fix things rather than just, you know, look at them for what they are, look at the lessons and moving on. Yep. But that's, you know, part of that, you know, that's that's the comparison that I make in the book, too. A lot of people will tell me, you know, they'll come into a workshop with me, forgiveness workshop. And I've forgiven everybody. and You know, whatever. They're like that. And I'm like, oh, no, that right there tells me that you haven't because that's totally an ego statement. You know, we get we we are so programmed. And we are so um, told how to be here in societal norm, in societal agreement that we don't go to a higher perspective and know that everything that happens happens for a reason. It's all in divine order. Even if it's the person bagging your groceries that day that you say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? They're there for a reason. Everybody is in your path, even if it's for two minutes or if it's for 20 years, for a purpose. Because they all are part of your soul group, right? Mm -hmm. So from an egotistical point of view, people that A, want to be victims, or people that B, want to blame everybody else and not take any responsibility for what their own actions have caused, are going to stay there. That's where they're going to stay. They're just going to be stuck there because they have to be right. Okay. You know, people that just have to be right. Right. Oh yeah. There's yeah, just people yeah. that are just like that. I was probably like that 10 years ago anyway, myself. Yeah. And then we evolve, you know, well, hopefully most of us are evolved. So when you come from your higher self, from your, I am presence and you see the perfection in every interaction that you, the beauty and the perfection, of everyone that comes across your path. And, you know, as I describe in the book, we all have soul group, right? We all have a soul group. And before we take form and we're creating our blueprint of what we're coming down here to do, and a lot of it is a mission that we committed to and things that we haven't finished in other lifetimes, but we're coming back to try and complete that, right? When we do that, our soul group is with us. And those, those souls... You know, in one lifetime, one could have been your dad. In the next lifetime, he might have been your best friend. In the next lifetime, he could have been a woman. Okay? But every time we re reincarnate this soul group of ours, we stand before them, and sometimes we have to ask them to do the most painful and heinous things for us so that we learn what we need to learn when we're here. And I tell people, you know, if you guys really went in your heart space and you thought about going to somebody in your soul group who loves you more than anything in the world and say, I want you to treat me. I want you to be violent. I want you to hurt me. I want you to um, do really awful things so that I move out of this that I've repeated in past lives and I can get past this and heal this mentality when we go to earth, okay? You're asking somebody who loves you 
to do something so difficult. But if you think about they agree, right? You think about that. How much do they have to love you to agree to treat you like that mm-hmm. when you got down here? A lot. It had to be like almost complete unconditional love. Totally changes your perspective on things. You know, what has somebody done for me? You know, what lessons have they taught me? What have I learned from this person? Did they do a good job? You know, it's ultimately you looking at some of the most painful experiences in your life and the people that, that were involved in, in perpetrating that for you. And saying, well, you know what, if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be who I am right now. Because I had to learn how to heal from that. I had to learn how to navigate that. I had to learn how to have a different perspective around that. Right? Mm -hmm. If we all had a life like freaking Marsha Brady, we ain't going to learn diddly. You know? Well, she did break her nose. She didn't do it. Who who threw the football at her? Was it Peter? Peter? (laughs) but it's like you know and then you see people on this planet that have a life like that you know oh it makes me want to barf but you know how uneventful and how unexciting can you get but you know there's some people that their their soul took physical form and they decided because they've had such horrendous past life experiences that this time when they came down there, they wanted to have a beautiful life and an easy life, a wonderful life, you know, no trauma and no issues. And yeah, how did you get people to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. But they're so out of touch with who they really are. That's a thing. They really are out of touch with yeah. who they are. See, because I would, it's the I, human. I would, I would rather have that when I'm outside of this life. Yeah. Because it's really, why would you bother coming down here and have an experience like that? Why wouldn't you come down here to have the hum- truly have a human experience? Otherwise, why bother leaving perfection? Why would you know what I'm saying? I mean, why would you come down here, leave the leave home and the beauty of perfection and, and home to come down here and just you know, oh, I have a perfect life and no, that's not a human experience. In my opinion, it's not a human experience. There might be one reason. Coffee. Take that again. Coffee. Coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just wanted a cup of coffee. Without the, without the trauma. <laughs> you came down here to have a cup of coffee? <laughs> Why not? Without all the drama? Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine there'll be souls that do stuff like that. I don't know. You know, that's pretty radical. Oh, maybe you know, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go down there and live a good life, just like so have some coffee or some sex or some chocolate. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are some good that's, things here. That's pretty extreme, don't you think? I, I don't know. know. I I think I know people that are existing just for the coffee. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> they came here for that just that one reason. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. You know, let me become a human on Earth because I heard Earth has the best coffee. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not me, man. That's all I know. It wasn't me. I came. I came in for quite the ride. 
All right, I was looking up, just to, get, to tell everybody who's listening to you, we were looking up root canal, too, because supposedly they're telling you that you need a root, root canal, right? Two yeah. of them. Used so metaphysically can't bite into anything anymore, root, root beliefs being destroyed, okay? Mm-hmm. So we first thought when you even brought up it with your sinus infection, you know, I'm not annoyed with anybody, maybe I'm annoyed with myself. Well, this kind of goes with that, right? Root beliefs being destroyed. There's, there's an affirmation. I create firm foundations for myself and for my life. I choose my beliefs to support me joyously. I mean, I think you, like anybody else on this planet that is aware of, you know, the growth and evolution of Earth and what is happening right now, which we waited aeons for to happen, um, we're having everything that we have been manipulated into believing. We're now questioning it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't believe anything anymore. Me neither. Especially, it's, it's hard for me to believe anything now too, because I only know that nothing is really is real. Nope. It's all manufactured. Yep. I, I think the big question comes in is. Who is manufacturing what and why? Uh-huh. More than anything <laughs> else. Well, we were we were uh, we were pushed into fear and ignorance after the fall of Atlantis as a as a race, and um, because in Atlantis we pretty much destroyed a beautiful, perfect culture because greed started coming in, right? Mm-hmm. So Atlantis fell after five experiments and. Um, that was all replaced with fear and ignorance. And that's when everything went to hell in a handbasket after that. So it's basically the humans that have come here to, I mean, and you've probably heard this before. I know a lot of people call me a conspiracy theorist. It's got nothing to do with it. It's that I'm an intuitive and I know what I channel and I know what I'm hearing. Okay. So you have families, five key families that have pretty much, created everything on this planet for a very long time, and they are multi-multi-billionaires, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in order to be a multi-multi-billionaire, you have to control and manipulate the movement of the people. So what that means is you utilize the media, you utilize whatever way you have to, to, to do it, to keep people in fear, to feed people what you want them to believe, because there are those that are easily manipulated, just watch the news all day, and they'll believe whatever you feed them. And in essence, what it basically does is just put more money in the, these people's pockets, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people of billionaires. I'm not talking millions, I'm talking billions. You know, maybe more, right? Now, you got to wonder, you have to ask yourself, what the hell is so important? How much money could you have in a lifetime that you would create such destruction to humanity and such heinous acts against crimes against humanity, in my opinion. But when you think about forgiveness and you think about what I'm trying to teach people, it has taken those people on this planet for aeons to create that and that third dimensional energy for us to evolve. Because now we're being asked to evolve out of this state of believing everything we're told 
of now start to question everything. Take your power back as a spiritual being. Don't buy into everything they're telling you. Wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, if they wouldn't have perpetrated all of that for all this time, see, that's their role in having Earth ascend and humanity on Earth ascend. We had to have that happen for us to be able to get to where we are now in the ascension process. Mm-hmm. Because if everything, just like Marsha Brady, if everything was perky perky here, none of us would work to evolve into higher beings and into our I am presence. We wouldn't do the work. So now there's a clear, and I don't know if you can see it, there's a clear, clear, clear delineation between people that are rooted in third dimensional energy in illusion and still believing everything they're told. They're in their cars wearing a mask. Okay. Usually a pretty good indicator. Um, and then, <laughs> and I, I just send them light, you know, what the hell are you going to do? There's just some people that are just totally unwilling to budge off of that. Thing, okay? And then I look at them and they weigh like 300 pounds and they're in the, in the Walmart buying every, everything of junk food they could possibly get, but they got a mask on. Mm-hmm. And that's going to keep them healthy, right? Probably not. But there's, <laughs> but there's no responsibility for what they're putting in their mouths. And don't don't worry about that. But that little mask is going to, you know. Come on, people. Wake wake up. I can't even begin to tell you how many times a day I say that. Wake the hell up, would you please? So, you know, you got to look at all perspectives here. There's going to be people that are going to stay rooted in that third dimensional uh, struggle of I want to be told what to do. I want the government to tell me what to do. I want to. I'm I'm fearful. I'm going to do exactly what they tell me to do. Jesus, it reminds me of Hitler and Nazi Germany. Come on. I guess it's an easy way out for people because then they don't have to take responsibility for their own well, actions. Sure. You're just doing what you're told. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the ultimate cop out. Uh huh. But unfortunately, you know, I think most Americans are very much um, rooted in democracy, okay? So I think you can push you can push an American just so far and then they'll snap because they know intuitively that their freedom is getting taken away. And I think that's what we're seeing now, okay? People are waking up and going, what the hell is going on here and what the hell has been going on here for two years, mm-hmm. okay? It all happened so that, you know, particular people are lining their pockets with millions and millions of dollars over this vaccine that you can't vaccinate against the virus to begin with. That's impossible. Okay. Um, it's all been, it's been such a heinous perpetration, the, the probably the most heinous perpetration on this planet ever in the last two years against people and humanity. And the death that it's caused. Um, you know, so you're going to have people more and more. There's a, there's a last wave coming of, of waking everybody up to what's really going on here. And you're going to have people that are like you and I that are like, you know, we need to talk to everybody. This is time for spiritual evolution. This is time for you to take your power back as, as an I am presence. Uh, and stop believing this BS. We need to create a new golden age here. So that everybody's loved and taken care of. And then you're going to have, you know, those of us that are committed to that, we will get it done. And then we've got all these old systems that we have to take down that are going to start to crumble. 
and you have the people that are deeply rooted in these old systems. And it's getting every day to me, it gets more and more obvious. It's, it's like, I feel like, and people laugh at me and I'm like, uh, no, I'm not stepping back into the matrix again. I'm done. Okay. I pulled myself out of the matrix a long time ago, but now the matrix is so damn clear. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's like, wow, this is to me like, I don't know how, how people can't see it. I just don't know how they're going to see it. Yeah, I don't know either, actually. It just or may, or maybe, maybe once you see of what it is, you can't unsee it. But let's take common science, okay? Now, we, we went to school, and that, that's all a whole other conversation about what they wanted to teach us and <laughs> the truth of what they taught us, right? Not Which really was not very much. Okay? <laughs> Revisionist history, here we go. So, um, you know, we learned in, in junior high school, we learned in science class about vaccines. And vaccines, I mean, we got them when we were kids. We got a TB vaccine, right? Remember? Mm-hmm. We got polio. We got vaccinated when we were kids, right? Well, here's the thing. Vaccine, quote unquote, is for disease. Uh, COVID is not a disease. COVID is a virus that actually creates the common cold along with the rhinovirus. Mm-hmm. So you can't vaccinate against the virus. That would be like us saying, okay, if you, if you're, you know, you don't want to get the common cold anymore. Here we have a virus for you and you'll not, ne- you'll, we have a vaccine. It'll never happen again. That's not possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the first, to me, the first ding, 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 March two, two years ago in March for me. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And now you need three or four boosters. Seriously. Uh-huh. So it's not a vaccine. It's like the flu shot where you're just getting a shot. It's not Correct. Like, it's That's not different. a vaccine. Yeah, they're different things. They don't call the flu shot a flu vaccine. They call it a flu shot, right? Yeah. What the hell are we calling this a vaccine for? It's not. Not that a vaccine. Sense. Vaccines prevent disease. COVID's, coronavirus isn't a disease. It's just a virus. Like the common cold. So... I guess I'm trying to figure out, you know, did you all go to grade school? Crack open your, your science book. and What are you doing? You know, and then you get you get these reports of, you know, artificial intelligence inside some of these shots. And does any of that shock me? Hell no. Doesn't shock me at all. The whole thing, I think, was perpetrated for two purposes. Number one was to depopulate the planet by particular people. They're all about depopulation. And lying in their pockets. And the second, the second reason was to get Donald Trump to destroy a very healthy economy and, and a prosperous time in the United States by getting Trump out of the office of presidency. So, you know, and this is all for me, like I said, people look at me and I'm like, hey, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just, I'm channeling information. So. You know, if y'all want to believe whatever they're they're trying to tell you, you go ahead and believe it. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you what's really going on. It's mm. so obvious. It's ridiculous. The only thing I don't and I don't I don't get involved in the news. I don't watch that garbage because it's all lies. I mean, I I can get enraged watching a TV commercial because I feel the myth and the manipulation inside of those commercials. Right. Are just unbelievable. I'm like, why don't people see that? Yeah, it's just brainwashing people. Oh, it's unreal. Unreal. You know? 
and drug commercials. Yeah, give me some of that. I, I'll be I'll be in the casket, but I'll look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> It'll kill me, but I won't have psoriasis anymore. Come on. Come on. Really? So, yeah. I'm trying to figure out because I don't watch the news, but I saw a clip yesterday. My son and I got really perturbed because... We record Jeopardy every day, and um, we were watching Jeopardy yesterday, and that's when they cut into Jeopardy, and the hologram of Biden came out, because I don't believe that he's really in the White House, um, talking about this whole, you know, that Putin's going to invade Ukraine or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. All that I could get when I was sitting there watching this is, this is another lie. This is another manipulation. They're trying to distract the American public. What are they trying to distract us from? Because I don't believe that Putin has any agenda or any particular reason to even invade the Ukraine. For what? Why? Why? Why would he do that? I think he's trying to make him look bad. I think this is, um, I think it's all a lie, to be honest. I don't feel like there's anything legit. I don't know what you know about that because I don't watch that stuff. But I'm like, mm, this is not feeling like it's the truth to me. This does yeah. not feel. I, I don't know what to make of that whole situation. You know, I, I try to figure out, like, you know, what would he benefit? Yeah. Know, Why would he do there's, that? There's not a lot except, I mean, I do understand his, his viewpoint where he doesn't want, you know, you know, NATO moving in on him. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think of that situation other than it's being orchestrated, like you said, by those five families that are really in control. Yep. Um, Always. To, to get people to look over there because, like, if you, Always. Want, if you want to get people's attention, kill, kill a couple million of them. Always. <laughs> you know? Start a war. Start a war. Everybody will be looking over there, and then they'll be doing huh? something somewhere else. Huh? That's what I You know? So, so whether you know Putin's even involved, like, I don't know who who actually controls Putin. So, you know, I don't know. That's what I think it is. I think it's I. When I was watching this, I felt like, no, he's not doing this. He's not doing it. He's not doing what they're claiming he's doing. I could clearly feel, um, and I and I hate to tell people this because there's nothing that. That really upsets me more than how people that are truly committed to this country that have given their lives and their limbs in wars uh, because they felt like they were defending our freedom, um, which makes me disgusted because they were just manipulated to believe another, you know, and you know, it's just mm-hmm. another, just another facade. It's just another reel of, of, of a movie reel in the United States. Um but I think that I think what's coming is we're going to find out. It's going to be made public. Uh, the number of people and the names of the people that have been involved in sex trafficking across the planet and um, with Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. And I think that there's a big list. And I think that there are a huge amount of very famous people on there. 
And I'm thinking maybe, maybe this whole Russian thing, you know, let's, let's distract the American people while Ghislaine Maxwell is pouring her guts out and giving them all the lists and all the information that she needs so that she gets an easier time, right? Um, something's going on here. It's all I know. Mm-hmm. And when that stuff comes to the surface, people that are refusing to wake up are going to have no option. They're going to have to wake up to what the hell goes on here, unfortunately. But that's how we change things. We got to know about it before we can change it, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is they're trying to hide. Um, you know, I have a lot of different theories on the sex trafficking thing. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't doubt that, you know, obviously that there, there's, there's a sex, you know, industry, obviously. Um, but as far as the trafficking goes... I would think it would be easier for them to make clones hmm. than it would be for them to actually steal and traffic individuals. Yeah. Which might even be more disturbing than <laughs> that, I guess. I mean, the idea that they're actually out there manufacturing human beings for sex slaves. Oh, I never thought of that one. Hmm. I mean, if all our food is genetically modified, so I'm, so I'm sure we're cloning people. Very interesting. And, and I wonder if that's it, because, in fact, I wonder, honestly, how long human cloning has been going on. I even question myself sometimes, like, how do I know whether I'm an actual human or a clone or the product of two clones reproducing? I don't know. <laughs> do you think that you are a product of the possibility of some extraterrestrial DNA? I think I we do. probably all are. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think we all contain extraterrestrial DNA. I, yeah. I, I don't doubt that. Uh, I mean, whether it was engineered on purpose or whether it just came simply came from a meteoroid or something. Um, absolutely. But but I think this cloning program is something else. Very interesting. You know, and I think too the cloning is also closely tied into the secret space program. Like how are you? How, how are you going to get that many people to work in a secret space program and not tell anybody? That would make sense. You're yeah, going to, you're going to use clones. Mm. That, that's how they're going to do it. And also, even soldiers. Like when you said, we're sending these people to war in the military. I wonder if um, they're actually clones or, or or children of clones that have been manufactured in a way that their DNA is programmed for them to yeah. go into service. Yeah. And they're not actually 100% human. Possibility I didn't think about. So when I walk, so all the time I'm walking around, I'm looking at people, I'm like, is that a human? (laughs) And I start poking them. I'm like, why are you poking me? I want to see if you're human or not. (laughs) (laughs) And then they get mad at me. So tell me what else you got out of my book. I, we should probably tell them what we're talking about. <laughs> I what I really got, like, like you know, like I gone through the divorce and, and you know the big forgiveness thing is is that situation, and um, and it was it was what have I learned from this situation, or what have I learned from this person, and the stuff that I learned far outweighed anything that I lost or any pain that I felt. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. And you might consider 
that some people are only brought into your life for a certain period of time for you to learn those things and then they exit. Doesn't mean, you know, this is, this is another reason I think why I'm starting to even question marriage because it really isn't necessary and I think it's also a societal agreement to create money. Mm-hmm. Um, if two people are committed to each other, what the hell do you need to do that for? Um, I think it's used as a source when people get divorced to hurt each other instead of just part ways and you take your junk and I'll take my junk and, you know, I love you, but it isn't working, right? Why can't we do that? Why do we have to have a piece of paper that allows somebody to totally destroy someone else, right? Right. So I think that's a, so that's part of our conditioning, too. We think we're supposed to do that, right? I think maybe monogamy is part of conditioning, too. I think maybe we're not even meant to be monogamous. That's possible, too. You know? I mean, what if... You know, if everybody comes in and out of your life for however long a period they're there for the experience and to learn things, why not? Why would you be with just one partner your whole life? Exactly. Before this episode I had on, um, there were like two PhDs who wrote a book on relationships. And, you know, they were talking about like all these different, you know, coping skills for relationships and communication, like all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, why would somebody put that much effort into one relationship? Because no matter <laughs> what, you're not going to get everything you want from one person. You know what I mean? You're going to get it from multiple people. You have find, you may find one person that's a good cook. You might find one person that's great as a conversation. You might find one that's good in bed. But the chances of finding somebody that's going to be good at all three are pretty slim. Yep. If not at all. Yep. Agreed. I agree with you. So maybe the whole idea of having to be with one person was just something that was just created by the church and by governments to control people. Uh Exactly. Because think about it. When you have two people that are in the institution of marriage, think about all the other programming that comes with it. Well, you got to have a house. Well, you got to buy insurance. Well, you got, you understand me? Look Mm -hmm. at the money generated by that conversation that we've been manipulated into believing is necessary to be in a relationship. Right. No, it's not. Well, we should be just running around like bunnies. Like buttons? Bunnies. Oh, like bunnies. Yeah. You know, they're happy, aren't they? Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen an unhappy bunny. That's right. I've never seen an unhappy bunny either. <laughs> and they're so cute. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, Stop being human. Start start being a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I agree with you. But then you look at relationships, too, and it's kind of like if somebody has not worked on their own garbage and they get into a relationship, the whole thing from the very beginning is dysfunctional because there should you should never be in a relationship where there's an expectation on the other person of fulfilling anything that's missing in you. That's true, too. That is a huge thing that's programmed. Like, if you watch any of those, like, Lifetime Hallmark movies. Oh, God, gag me. <laughs> you know? More programming, man. <laughs> They're all about, like, you know, this person fulfilling this desire. Uh-huh. It's all programming. It, ha- it has nothing to do with, uh, I don't know. I dig the way this person looks, and I just want to get with them. Yeah. It's just like all the Disney stuff. 
mm-hmm. how how girls have been taught to grow up to act like princesses. Okay, and that your your prince is going to come and just make the rest of your life absolutely fabulous. You know how screwed up that's made people. And that you know again, money, 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 money. That was that was on purpose too. For that was on purpose for manipulation purposes to dictate what a relationship should look like, which is next to impossible to obtain. You look at any Disney movie and the relationships in those Disney movies, they're impossible as any human being to to live that kind of relationship. It's impossible. It's impossible. But again, if you trace that back to women that, you know, we've been raised our entire lives that you need to be slim, you need to be attractive, you need to be this, you need to be that, so you, you can attract your man. And mm-hmm. That's just so messed up, man. You know? It's so messed up. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. You look at people, majority of relationships that I end up working with people around is, you know, these are two dysfunctional people that haven't discovered who they really are by themselves, worked on their stuff, empowered themselves, healed as much as they possibly could around their dysfunction, and then as two separate and healthy individuals coming together, this is another thing, even when you're a couple, it needs to be two healthy separate individuals. And then you're only coming together to share, to share your joy, to share your life. Not to have any expectation of that person making your life better or that person's going to make me feel good about myself. That person's going to... That don't work, man. just doesn't work. So I get it, and I get what you're talking about, too. You know, people that write relationship books and learn how to communicate and learn how to do this. And that's all well and good, and that's fine, but that really only works with people that are not dysfunctional. And that works with people that have really worked on their own craft. If they haven't, they're not even going to know how to do that. They're not going to know how to communicate with them. It'll be dysfunctional. So how can you, you know, it's, it's like, hello, mm-hmm. get your own act together first, and then we'll talk about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, communication happens on so many different levels. Sure does. You know, it's not like just sit down and talk. You know, what if your way of communicating is different than, than your partner's way of communicating? I mean, that's usually what goes on between men and women. A woman says something, a man totally doesn't interpret it the way that she's saying it. Because we're different. We're just different. We think differently. We communicate differently. So... Until women can really explain when they say something, if they could really explain what they're saying. So the man, I, I got to tell you, I side on a lot of this with you guys, okay? Women can be very difficult to understand. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. They really can be. And I don't know why they feel they have to be that way. And I feel bad for men because I think <clears throat> I think men are just basically men. And it's like, there's no, there's no manipulation. There's no going around the corner trying to get to a point. You guys just say what you got to say. But then a woman never does that. If a woman would just clearly communicate exactly what is going on, I think you'd have a much more effective relationship. True. But I don't know if men are much better at communicating than women. 
You don't think so? I think you guys just say what you got to say, don't you? When we say it. But a lot of times we just don't talk. Well, that's true, too. Why do you think that is? think that's conditioning and programming? Yeah, yeah. Because women like the strong, silent type. Mm, I don't know. Women like the type that agree with everything they say, and that doesn't make a healthy relationship. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest about it. Yeah. That's how most women are, you know? And the guy that doesn't say anything doesn't really <laughs> help either. The guy that doesn't say anything dies of a heart attack in his 50s because he's been shoving all his crap down and he's been ticked off for 25 years. Okay? <laughs> That's what happened. Because he doesn't say anything, right? Yeah. So... I think that, you know, this is a conversation, too, about men and all of the societal agreement and manipulation and control that has been put on men on this planet, and especially in this country. You're, you're the, you know, you're the breadwinners, and you're the strong ones. And you don't get to cry, and you don't get to express yourself, and that's, you're a sissy, and what are you talking about? And, you know, no, that's very, very unhealthy. Because what ends up happening is, you know, and that's mostly the older generations and they're probably their 50s, their 60s. I don't know about the guys in their 40s because I don't know too many of them. Um, the younger kids seem to be pretty expressive about how they feel, the guys. I think that's changing, which is good. Um, but I think y'all have been taught that. You've been taught that, not to, not to share your feelings. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I was taught that. I didn't have feelings. That's even worse. <laughs> wow. Not to who have a feeling. You? Who the hell taught you that? <laughs> Italian family. Wow, that's awful. Well, you know, I have a very, I happen to be a very probably more prominently male than a female person. A lot of my traits because, um, I was brought up in a family, in an alcoholic family, and it was all about survival. I played ice hockey, you know, in a boys' league when I was, I think, 15, 14. Um, so I grew up a little bit more masculine and feminine, out of survival, just out of survival. Okay. Um, in my house, you know, it was like my stepfather was up screaming and yelling and drunk and hitting my mom until 3 in the morning. And number one, I did not have the opportunity to really talk to her about how I felt about what was going on because she was already so overwhelmed with what she was dealing with. And then we were taught, too, to just shove it down and, you know, be strong. I come from a Polish, you know, I'm only second generation Polish-American. My grandma and grandpa were from Wausau. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was all about be strong. Yeah, they're tough people. Be strong, be tough, work hard, keep your mouth shut, stuff your feelings down. Jesus. Yeah, it's tough. No good. It's not healthy. Not healthy at all. No. My mother had heart disease. When she was only in her 50s. Um, and she had a horrendously bad life. Uh, but, you know, heart metaphysically, okay, so her heart was broken. I was very clear about that. She had a quintuple bypass. The woman never smoked a day in her life, never drank liquor a day in her life. And all of a sudden, she was on the floor in her office and gets rushed into the hospital for a quintuple bypass. 
Well, where does it come from? If all these other factors that they're claiming causes that are not there, where does that come from? It comes from deep emotional pain, her heart, deep emotional pain of her lifetime. That's the metaphysics of that. So, yeah, in her 50s, craziness. Yeah, I wish people would understand that. But again, that's more programming. There's mm-hmm. more programming here so that the medical industry can be a multi-bazillion dollar industry who's all about making money and not about you getting healthy. Let's be honest about it. I don't think that's that's their agenda, is to make everybody as healthy as possible. Because if it was, they wouldn't have any customers. Right. <laughs> That's why I always wonder, like, if we're more designed for a primitive lifestyle. Well, absolutely. I mean, the Europeans, as much as they say that that they're they're primitive, that they're we're so much more advanced than Europeans. No, we're not. The Europeans have been using essential oils for hundreds of years in their hospitals before they'll even look at a synthetic drug. They will use oils. They will use energy work. They will use other holistic therapies for people before they will cut into somebody or before they will prescribe medication. So, you know, how advanced are we? Cha-ching, cha-ching, that's how advanced we are. It's all about the money. There's no doubt in my mind. It's not about the well-being of the people. And that's what's got to change. So how do we deprogram people? Well... Here's the deal. You keep doing your podcast. I keep writing books and healing people as they come to me so I can educate them about what's going on. But you got to think about this because we, we're all responsible individually for our evolution here and our spiritual life here. You know, nobody came up to me and said, you know, you should work on this because it'll do this. or you should. Do I sought that out for myself because I knew I wasn't I knew my life wasn't the way it was supposed to be. I knew all the pain that I was enduring was not why I was here. So I sought out aspects of starting to heal myself, understand myself. Like you were talking about understanding yourself, right? That's where this all starts, is understanding yourself, your motivation, who you are, what you're doing here, all that kind of stuff. Um, So everybody's really, in my opinion, everybody's personally responsible for that and their own evolution. Now, there's there, here's where, you know, people like you and I come in. So you've got a podcast, and I, I'd be on with you once a month, and I write books, and I have a practice, and people can do online work with me. There's all kinds of ways for people to spiritually evolve. There's a lot of us out there that are here to teach people, right? Mm-hmm. But they got to come looking for us, right? That's their responsibility to come and find who's going to give them the guidance that they need. Yeah. And educate them. If they're going to sit there and walk down the street with their phone in their face, scrolling the Kardashians all day, there's nothing we can do for those people. True. Because that's what they want to look at. That does, I, I guess apparently they're not, they're not committed to their spiritual evolution in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. There's just some people that aren't. They're here for the coffee. Yeah, they're here for coffee. And a Big Mac. I don't know. You know? I don't know. 
maybe a whitey's a slider i don't know what they're here for i wonder sometimes i look at them and i'm like i wonder why they came here. yeah because here's the deal here's what's got to happen and you already know this you know everything that happens here is to separate all of us so that we're all judging each other and we're all against each other and we all think that each other is the enemy when we all wake up out of that and say you're my brother no, you're my sister. I love you. You know, we need to unite as people to create something that's that's from love, that's um, for the people, by the people, like our Constitution says. And we need to get back to that. And I don't know how long it's been since, since this country has been in that place. In my opinion, it's been since Lincoln. That's when... I feel like since Abraham Lincoln is when everything went south. I don't know what happened. That's all I intuitively feel. Yeah. He had the right idea, you know? Mm-hmm. He was doing good. I don't yeah, know. It didn't work out too well for him. No. No, it didn't. But, you know, again, you know, I could look at that as a conspiracy theorist from all the people that were making a difference here that were suspiciously killed. But again, here we are. John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King. How much further you want to go? Abraham Lincoln. Who else are we going to talk about? Oh, there's tons of them. More than I could think of. Yeah. No? Um, so before, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. He's like the first one. <laughs> what? Jesus. Um, so before we wrap it up, where's the best place for my listeners to find you and find your book? Best place to find me is at wellnesssanctuary.net. That's my website. And you can order the book on the author page because right now you can only order it through my publisher, through Ozark Mountain. And then in, uh, I think next month it'll be on Barnes and Noble and Amazon, for mm-hmm. I know. But not just yet. So yeah, people that are looking for me can find me there. If there's anybody out there, and I hope you don't mind me asking that, because I know you're looking for this too. If there's anybody out there that I want to, like, like you mentioned, I want to update, like, modernize my website and put a membership page on it. And I have a couple online courses that I want to put on online for people to, like, forgiveness for people to access. But I don't know how to do all that crap. I'm not a tech person. I'm not very good at it, you know? Yeah. I could figure it out, but that doesn't mean it's going to be out there where it needs to be so people find it. I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Need somebody who really knows how to do that stuff. Because I don't want to. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I could do it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, so if anybody out there, you know, does that kind of stuff, then on my website, on the front page, there's a contact page. Contact me. We'll see. Right. Yeah. I'll put those links in the notes to this episode so my listeners can find you and get in touch with you and get awesome. the book from Ozark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I just found out that they, I had asked them off the cuff, you know, are you guys going to create um, uh, audiobooks? And then I found out they do audiobooks. I'm like, well, can you do my two books on audio, please? Mm-hmm. So I guess they're doing that. Oh, great. But I'm waiting to find out when they'll be done. Because I know a lot of people prefer audiobooks. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not many people read anymore. 
Awesome. So well, I hope you feel better. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being on. And just hang on for one moment while I play the outro. Okay. Thank you. See ya. Enlightenment guaranteed. It's the only 